Blog Talk Radio. Good Sunday morning and happy Valentine's Day. My name is Ryan Miner. You are listening to A Minor Detail on blogtalkradio.com. You can find me on the web at aminordetail.com. And my name is Ryan Miner. I am your host, and I am covering today uh, the Board of Education race, one in particular. My special guest will be Sebastian Johnson. He is a Board of Education candidate in Montgomery County, and Sebastian should be calling in now. So I want to welcome Sebastian to the show. Hey, Sebastian, how are you? Sebastian, are you there? It says his call has dropped. So sometimes in technology, these things happen. But Sebastian is going to be running for the Montgomery County Board of Education, and he is he's a young guy. He's I think he's like 27, which is great. We need more young people. And he has quite an interesting background. And I hope Sebastian calls in. Our number is 646-716-5971. And Sebastian and I had talked uh, offline before about his race. And I think this is him calling back in. So, Sebastian, I want to welcome you to the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing great. I was just giving you an introduction, and you you're you're running for the Montgomery County Board of Education. My connection. No, that's okay. You're you're coming in now. Are you still there, buddy? Uh, No, I think. Yeah, I think we're having some connectivity issues here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let me let me see if it was about. Maybe you would call back in uh, a landline. These things happen anyway. Um, Sebastian will tell you his narrative, but nonetheless, he grew up in Tacoma Park. Uh, he went to Tacoma Park Elementary School, um, and then he graduated from uh, the uh, Montgomery Blair High School. And he has a really sort of interesting background. He studied economics and government at Georgetown University. He earned a bachelor's degree there, and then he went to he studied abroad at the London School of Economics, which is one of the best schools in the world for economics, and then he got a master's degree in public policy at the Harvard Kennedy School of Government up there in good old Boston. Um, So we're happy to have him. We're just trying to get him on the line. We're having a few connectivity problems. Um, So, yeah, Sebastian is figuring out his connectivity problems. Nonetheless, after Sebastian graduated from Georgetown, um, he went to pay forward his opportunities he was given in the classroom. So he moved so he moved over into the Massachusetts area, and he became a third-grade teacher. And he, his students, they were mostly second-generation Latino Americans. And as he wrote on his website, they faced many challenges. But he collaborated with his teachers, his principals, and he had an opportunity to, to really shine inside the classroom. And uh, he's running. He's, gonna, he's dedicated himself to public service. But what's interesting about Sebastian is that he, Sebastian, was the former student Hello. member. Sebastian, hey, welcome back. Sorry, sorry about that. You still there? Yeah, this is, we, we're, we're having a few connectivity issues here. You might want to try a call back from a landline. Yeah, I, so I, I, I don't have a, a landline anymore. That's okay, I can hear you now. Are you okay, good? great. I'm good now. Okay. Just stay where you – just don't move. <laughs> just okay. don't move from this spot for the next 26 minutes. Um, 
So, Sebastian, tell us why you're running for the Montgomery County Board of Education. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Montgomery County uh, raised kid. I, I grew up in Tacoma Park. Uh, my family moved there uh, when I was about three years old, and then soon after, my parents split. And, uh, you know, my mom, who's a, she's a teacher, she had to figure out how she was going to raise a kid on her own. But luckily, uh, we had access to great schools. Uh, we grew up in a really caring and nurturing community. And uh, because of that, I was able to really thrive and, and have, you know, a great childhood. And I think that that's something that I want for every kid in Montgomery County, um, particularly as it as it pertains to having access to great schools and uh, schools that support communities. You, you're from Tacoma Park. You grew up there, and you went to uh, Tacoma Park Elementary School, and you also mm-hmm. attended Piney Branch, and uh, you went to... Uh, Tacoma Park Middle School before graduating for communication arts program at Montgomery Montgomery Blair High School. So you know very well this county. You know the education system because you're a product of it. Absolutely. And uh, I would say my, my best insight into the education system was serving as a student member on the board. Uh, when I was uh, a junior, uh, just based on my own education experience, seeing that it was great, but uh, that other kids were getting, having a not-so-great experience, it spurred me to want to, you know, understand it from a public policy perspective and, and run for school board uh, as a as a junior, um, which was an eye-opening experience because, you know, most students, uh, they they know the problems in their own school. They know, uh, you know, what it's like. You know, I knew what it was like going to Blair, but visiting, you know, most of the high schools in the county and a fair number of the middle schools uh, really was eye-opening as well. And that year I served, uh, you know, gave me some, some great insights into how the board operates and and how the school system uh, works, uh, for better or for worse. When you were a student member of the board, talk about your experience, about what you learned, about how you took that opportunity and then parlayed it back into informing your your fellow student body. And tell me what was most valuable about serving as the student member of the board uh, during your time. And I think it was, what, 10, 10 or 11 years ago? Yep, ten years ago now. Okay. Um, which I, you know, I don't like saying that on a campaign trial, but you know, I'm I'm coming to grips <laughs> with it. That's okay. Um, you know, it it, it was uh, the most valuable thing uh, from serving uh, as student member is, which is getting a sense of process, uh, seeing you know how the board and the superintendent make decisions together, uh, seeing how the budget process works. You know, how how does the how does the budget go from, you know, being a, a list of the needs of agencies to really reflecting a vision around uh, what the strategic goals and priorities of the system are uh, and how the board can play a role there. Uh, and then also, you know, getting a sense of who the who the stakeholders and, and the people at the table are. Um, you know, I think that, you know, students, um, you know, or at least when I was in school, there tended to be, you know, kind of a list of complaints. It's, uh, you know, we don't like the food in the cafeteria. We don't right. like the policy around dances. Uh, we don't like the dress code. Why can't we just fix these things? Um, and then it's realizing that, you know, your teachers and your principals are not just, you know, people who have power over you who are, you know, abusing. Like, you know, there's this whole, like, us versus them with students versus teachers versus principals. But sure. all of these groups are really stakeholders in the system, and it's up to the people on the board to balance their uh, legitimate concerns and, um to, to reach a decision that is going to reflect uh, some kind of consensus. So 
that was an interesting perspective to have as a student because I, I think it's not one that uh, many students get the opportunity to see. Well, you certainly have a, a unique education background and one that is qualifying for this job. Uh, you went to Georgetown and you also studied at the London School of Economics and then you earned your master's degree in public policy at the Harvard Kennedy School of Government. Mm-hmm. And I want someone, I have we have two children in Montgomery uh-huh. County Public Schools and we want our education uh, champions, we want people that understand policy uh, and mm-hmm. we want under, we want educated people. Um, right. So, and you certainly have that background. And so, you became a teacher, Sebastian, yeah. and mm-hmm. up in Massachusetts. And I want to talk about your experience being inside the classroom and your perspective that you have now, and how you would t- carry that onto the board of education. Absolutely. Uh, so, in, in 2010, I, I graduated from Georgetown and, and joined Teach for America, and they sent me up to Lawrence, Massachusetts, um, which is, you know, one of the poorest towns in Massachusetts, uh, very high poverty rate. Uh, the the majority of the population of Lawrence is uh, Dominican and Puerto Rican, so uh, Latin, primarily a Latino city, but also just uh, a beautiful community, a place where, uh, you know, families really look out for each other and they look out for their kids. Um, I, I loved working there, and I, I wouldn't trade that experience for the world. Uh, particularly because, you know, I saw what kind of impact early childhood education could make. Um, and my, at my charter school where I taught, uh, we had, uh, you know, the same population of kids that were being served in the public schools. Uh, but we were able to do innovative things around staffing models. So we had a co-teaching classroom. Uh, we did much more push-in services for special education uh, and uh, language and, and, and other services students uh, get so that we had adults and those students in the room benefiting from the curriculum instead of being outside the curriculum. Uh, and we were able to do a lot of small group instruction, which is really beneficial, particularly to students who are learning uh, English because uh, mm-hmm. you can focus on literacy and vocabulary. Um, and so those, those, are, those are some of the things that like, we need to do more of uh, in, in CPS because... Uh, the population that I taught is the same population that right now we're struggling to reach and, and we're struggling to impact. Um, and I think that we need to focus on early childhood because, you know, all the studies show that if you are, you know, struggling to read in third grade, everything after that, you know, up until third grade you're, you're learning to read and then everything else is reading to learn, uh, you're going to struggle significantly in grade, uh, in any grade after that. And so it's really crucial that we get the early years right. Yeah, I agree. Um especially in uh when when the foundational level starts and mm-hmm. when, you know, we as as children learn from a very young age, um we want the infrastructure in place to be able to mm-hmm. um to develop them and then to, to to help them uh prepare themselves for um you know, <laughs> moving into what middle school and being prepared, being being on the curriculum path. So that's that's right. concern that that is that is one of our concerns. Um, so let me ask you this: so, as, as in your position, and we'll talk a little bit about my policy, but I just want to bring this up mm-hmm. now because um, it's relevant. Do you support universal pre-kindergarten? Uh, I do think I do think that we need to move to universal pre-kindergarten. Uh, the question, obviously, is how to pay for it. Um, right. We're going to need some significant help from our allies uh, in the state delegation. 
uh, and maybe even, you know, our allies at the federal level in order to, to bring some spending because I, I think that that's an undertaking that, you know, it would be very difficult to ask the, the citizens of the county to take on on their own. It's a, it's a very expensive, uh, you know, thing, but a necessary thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, now, you've, you've also, not only do you have an education background, but you have a public policy background as well. Right. And much of what happens on the Board of Education is understanding how policy directly affects curriculum, how it affects teachers, how it affects students, how it affects paraprofessionals. And you have to – you have this massive bureaucracy at the state level, mm-hmm. but you, you're someone that has the experience to understand it because you've been a state policy fellow at the Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy. Right. You, and mm-hmm. you analyze tax and budget policies at the state level. You've also been an aide to Montgomery County Council member George Leventhal on transportation yes. policy. So taking mm-hmm. that experience into the mix and applying that to, say, the budgetary process, which I believe is the biggest process that a Board of Education member faces. Every year when you analyze Absolutely. the budget, that is probably, in my opinion, the most important part of your job aside from hiring or firing a new superintendent. So could you tell me a little bit about what you think in regards to the Montgomery County school budget and how you would analyze that using your experience and your background? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll also mention that I uh, I worked uh, as a fellow in Governor O'Malley's office on education policy uh, with, his, uh, with his aide that managed uh, the education agencies um, at the state level. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that one of the things that's going to, you know, be really effective for me in terms of helping to manage uh, the policy and budget process um, is, is understanding, you know, how agencies interact. Um, you know, right now I think in the county we have a, an issue where the relationship between the county council and the and the board has not been the best. Uh, it's right. been adversarial instead of, you know, how can we work together? The county spends a significant amount of money uh, in the hundreds of millions of dollars every year on programs for children and families. And all too often that, that money is not coordinated with uh, the spending that the board does because those relationships have been frayed. And so that's something that I'd really like to focus on. How can we offer better services with the money that we're already spending uh, to make sure that we're that we're doing things to support families, like offering programming before and after school to help with the cost of childcare, or uh, coordinating uh, with the rec department so that the programs that are being offered to students are aligned with curriculum and aligned with what's happening in the classroom. Uh, how do we get more teachers involved uh, right. with the with the after school programming so that uh, there's a learning component as well as a a, a, a component of uh, fun or or uh, or social and emotional uh, uh, building. So I think that there there's a lot of opportunity for us to work better together, and that's something that I really want to focus on as a board member. So let's talk a little bit about the campaign you launched. Um, was it last month? And you officially announced, and you made an announcement through social media that you were running, and you've been considering this for some time. Is that right, Sebastian? Uh, yeah, you know, I was uh, I was approached by a couple people about this race um, back in uh, I want to say November, uh, and, and took some time to really think about it and to make sure uh, 
that it it was the right move uh, for, uh, you know, I think the county. I, I, I wanted to make sure that I thought that I was the person that was going to be able to, to move uh, on some on some considerable issues that we're facing in our school system, um, and I you know I, I think that right now we have the support our campaign has the support uh, both at the grassroots level and in terms of uh, some great endorsements that we've gotten from people who are involved in the process and, and would like to see some change uh, that we could be uh, really effective and 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 really making some progress on these issues. You're running for a board of education at large seat, and that means that. It, Montgomery County is separated into districts, but uh-huh. this seat itself, would you would represent the entire county. However, when Board of Education met, when, when candidates run in individual districts, the entire county ultimately votes for their seat. Is that, am I correct? That is correct, yes. So um, hybrid uh, district, uh, but also full, represent, full representation seat. And Montgomery County is... Um, one of the counties in in the state of Maryland where it's it's all elected. None none of the board of education candidates or members are appointed, let's say, by the governor. Correct. Yes. So you have um, you're running again in a let's see one two three four five person primary against some people um, that are pretty well known. So we'll say Phil right. Kaufman. Um, Jeanette Dixon, and then there's two others. There's Mike. Is it Ibenez? I can't. I can't say his last name. I don't know how to say his last uh, name. You know, I never said it out loud. Um. Okay. And then there's <laughs> Gwendolyn Kimbrough. So um, huh. I I was first um, alerted to your to you. Uh, we became friends on Facebook, and um, I saw that you have such a dedication and a passion for public service. And not only mm-hmm. that. You're you're not that much younger than I are. I'm I'm a little bit older than you. Are. I just turned thirty, so that would make mm-hmm. you what twenty seven, Sebastian? Yeah, I'm, I just turned twenty seven in September. Yep. That's so. You're a young man. You have so much energy. You have a lot of and you have a lot of experience to bring to the board at such a young age. But let me ask you this. And I ran for the board of education in another county previously. And mm-hmm. people said, "Oh, Ryan, you're you're too young. Uh, you you wouldn't be able to understand policy. You're not going to be able to. You know, you haven't spent time doing X, Y, and Z. Have you ha- have you faced any of those criticisms, Sebastian, especially about your age? Um, you know, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, you know, there was an article in Bethesda B in which uh, one of my opponents said uh, it was a different criticism. It was that uh, he's not really running for the board of education. He's running to get a position and then he's going to abandon the position for something else as soon as something better comes along. I've um, heard that before too. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, that's absolutely, uh, not true. I'm, I'm committed, uh, to if, if elected to serving my, my full, my full four year term. Um, I don't have any ambitions beyond the four year term. Uh, I'll consider if, if, if I'm successful and if, you know, it's, it's like I'm making a lot of, uh, difference and, and, and progress, then I'll consider running again. Uh, but but mostly I think that you know this isn't you know we have to get out of the uh, the, the mindset that four years is a, is a short amount of time. Four years is a long time. Oh sure. And, it, and it's a it you know it's it's a long time to be on the board, and it's also a long time you know for a student. That's in someone's entire high school career or someone's yeah. uh, you know their entire middle school career plus a year. Uh, we need to be much more urgent about the challenges we face, and we, and, and a four year time frame needs to be enough. 
uh, to get some things done. So I think we need to bring a sense of urgency to the table. Uh, and another thing, you know, I, I think in, in terms of my my, my age uh, and, and my youth, um, I see it as an asset. You know, I'm the only person in this race who has gone through uh, the Montgomery County school system as a student. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, one of the one of the two people in the race who served on the school board previously, uh, and so I, I think that though I am young, I do have experiences uh, that would really uh, make an impact on the way decisions are made at the board. Um, and, you know, I think the only other criticism is that I don't have kids in the system, but, you know, I I, just, I don't have kids. <laughs> I, I, you I know what? That's, that. uh, <laughs> we can wait on that one, and that's okay. That doesn't I mean you have been through the system. You understand the education model. You've taught yourself, uh-huh. and I think that you bring a vast array of experience um, that maybe some some others wouldn't have um, in the same. So I am. Mm-hmm. I, I think that um, I think the age issue is clearly. Um, tr- I think your experience clearly transcends the age issue. But let's let's talk about let's talk about some issues that are happening in Montgomery County Public Schools now. We just found out mm-hmm. that we have a new superintendent that the board finally hired someone else and they had some yep. there's sort of been a rocky two years with uh transitioning out of uh Josh Starr's contract to coming up with somebody that they thought was a possible solution and then figuring mm-hmm. out that this person wasn't going to work and then they hired right. uh, a different person. So What's your what is your perspective of one uh, the former superintendent Josh Starr, um, who was basically who the board basically said uh, you don't have enough votes to to maintain your contract. Um, I think it's time to to depart. Um, and then walk me through this process. What do you what do you make of um, the selection of the superintendent from the former to the current? Um, uh, Starr very well. Um, other than what you know, I've read in the paper, uh, like a lot of people uh, who are who are reserves of the system, um, I was some of the some of the criticisms that have had folks who are loose being defeated, really have a vision for the school system going forward. Uh, you know, there were a lot of based on his watch. Um, if the contract wasn't extended, you'd ask the board members who had uh, a different direction. But from preservation system, uh, parents and students, uh, there 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 did seem to be some palpable sense of there needing to be uh, some change. And so, I'm looking forward to. Uh, seeing what uh, the, the the new superintendent Jack Smith uh, will do, mm-hmm. um, and I think he has a, a good heart, and I think that uh, he he's going to be committed to uh, issues of equity and and closing the opportunity gap, uh, which is what I think our primary focus needs to be. Uh, in terms of the process, I also I hear from a lot of people that they feel really alienated from the process of choosing the new superintendent. Uh, people in the community felt that, you know, it, it, it was unfair. It didn't make sense not to know who the finalists were before a, final, a person was announced. Uh, they felt that the process was too opaque and that uh, there should be more community input from, uh, you know, just everyday people in the community. I know that we, we have these uh, 
these interviews that uh, the community interviews that was did with leaders in the community, but I think that rank and file parents uh, feel like they're not, you know, heard from in the process. Um, yeah. And so that I think that definitely is something that needs to be discussed. We have to figure out how we balance, you know, the need for confidentiality for our for our uh, candidates, uh, you know, uh, for a superintendent, because that is a real concern. We want to get good people, uh, and we want to be able to respect their privacy. But we also while also um, to the process, you know, Okay, so Sebastian, um, mm-hmm. one of the one of the big issues that parents have on their minds is Common Core state standards, and mm-hmm. I'd like for you to briefly offer your perspective into Common Core and the testing that it brings alongside with it. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, when I was in high uh, college, I was a part of an organization called Our Education that uh, it fo- it was a, a national nonprofit that focused on uh, issues of, of 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 equality in schools and making sure that everyone had a high quality education. We actually advocate for national standards. We advocate for standards uh, in education that would be the same in Massachusetts as Mississippi, because we can't have our students competing against each other at a um, That what has happened with Common Core is that it went from something that was. Uh, a real grassroots effort around education and, and, and sparked by others interested in innovating and has become uh, yet another testing regime. Um, and I think that the the thing that people are reacting to uh, most negatively in our schools are, are not the idea of, of higher standards and more rigor. People support that. Uh, what they don't support is more testing uh, testing regimes that require, uh, you know, now we have to buy all of these computers. And, you know, some of our students, you know, the populations, they don't have computers at home. Uh, so you got to figure out how to fish on the computer. And then, you know, if the school doesn't have enough computers, how do we stagger the computer? And you got a lot of instructional time, a lot less focus on learning. And, and so I think that that is the real problem with Common Core, is that it has been accompanied by another testing regime behind and we need to really take a step back and, and, and say to ourselves you know what are we doing to education in our country and what are we doing to our kids with all of this testing well there's certainly an argument to be made that teachers have not had enough time to digest the materials to mm-hmm. make sure that they have adequate uh, testing materials and right. that schools are some schools are struggling to upgrade their testing to meet the demands of Common Core state standards, especially with technology. And so right. as a board member, how would you work with teachers and with administrators to ensure uh, we can meet the, you know, the the state standards as well as the federal standards? Right. Um, you know, I think that, you know, you, you get mandates all the time, and, and that's one of the, the negative things about education is the best politician to – you know, they, they see it as uh, a thing that they can do to distinguish themselves without understanding the issues or understanding the impact on students. And so, you know, you get mandates all the time. And uh, I, what I, what I would do in terms of being a board member and being able to help with the, 
the implementation of some of these standards is I would work with my fellow board members and I would work with uh, the people at the state level to, to make sure that not only are we uh, doing our, our level best to meet those standards, but that if there are waivers um, or if there are grants or assistance that's offered at that level uh, to help with some of the testing compliance, that we are competing for those grants and receiving those grants. Um, the other thing is that I think that we, we, need, we need to, as a board, uh, really figure out how are we going to get the community uh, to a place where they understand some of these, these changes. Uh, we haven't done a good job of explaining what Common Core is. Uh, we haven't done a good job of explaining uh, what, the, what the new testing standards and, and uh, mandate. Um, and so I think bringing the community along, making sure that teachers' concerns are being heard because, you know, I, uh, when I left the classroom, that was the, the year before Common Core was implemented, and we did a lot of professional development around it. And these are, these are significantly tougher standards. Um, rigor, rigor is a great thing, but these standards, uh, you know, it's, it's things like, you know, teaching a third grader, uh, and I, I just think from my own mathematics uh, teacher experience, teaching a third grader what multiplication is, uh, and then immediately merging that with geometry to, to say, if you're missing the side of a rectangle, uh, can you figure out the missing side by using your multiplication facts and what sure. you know about calculating area? So it's, it's tough. You know, to go no. from learning multiplication to yeah. some of those applications that are that are higher level. Um, yeah. And so, I, well, I think it's Sebastian, matter, I, I I don't want to cut you off, but we have about oh, twenty okay. seconds left. Uh, your website yeah. is uh -huh. sebastianjohnson.org. Check you out. You're also on social media. Um, I hope you come back. We'll have a a much more detailed conversation on policy. So, Sebastian, thanks for coming on this morning. Thank you so much, and, and anytime, Ryan. Thanks so much for reaching out. Yep. Take care. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye.